Join us as we unpack emerging trends and changes in digital transformation with the executives, entrepreneurs, and investors responsible for shaping the future of their industries. In these interviews, you can expect to hear candid conversations about the future of technology and the role it plays at some of the largest organizations in the world. Our hosts are members of the Kunai team, an agency that has been building software products for over 20 years. Today, your host will be Tom Baldwin. Hello and welcome to the Kanai Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Gustavo Cruz. Gustavo is a design expert. He was a former lead designer within Citibank and recently became Google's newest Noogler. Welcome, Gustavo. Hey, Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, happy to be here. You know, talk a little bit about design, which is something I truly love. So, looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, we're, we're glad to have you. And in the, the time we've already spent together, <clears throat> you are infectious. And when you meet someone with real passion about what they do, uh, we need to share it. So uh, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, Gustavo, as I was considering where we start, I came across your personal statement and could think of no pl better place to begin. Do you mind me sharing your personal statement? Yeah, go ahead. Right on. So uh, it reads, I truly love what I do. Compassion is the key to good UX design. It pushes you into a creative process that beckons you to explore and savor its finer moments. To create is to live and life is a gift that we should all enjoy. We'll come back to this later, but let's start with your backstory and hear how you came into your current position. Cool, awesome. Uh, it feels like a long story. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's even hard for me to separate, like when did I become a designer? And um, it goes way, way back on um, my first, so back in 1997, uh, internet was, uh, I, I'm from originally from Brazil and um, so, I feel like we probably get some of those things a little bit late, <laughs> uh, but in 90, 1997, they were trying to, there was a push to bring the internet to the masses. And so the newspaper brought it in, uh, the, the local newspaper, they had a, they started giving the service and from the subscribers, uh, they were long time subscriber, they will offer them uh, a year free of internet. And my family was one of them. And alongside came a course uh, introducing the internet. My family literally just threw the paper out, but I saw it and I bagged my mom to uh, go to the class and since I was too young, so she took the class and I was just there with her. But <laughs> I was pretty much the one taking the class, making the questions, writing notes. Uh, and that was my first introduction to the internet, which I was completely fascinated by it. And one year later, I was building my first website about Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. And I can say that since then, uh, it hasn't gone a year in my life where I didn't design or build any type of digital product, either be for web, mobile, and it's just part of who I am. Um, even after coming here to the States, I served many different roles. I had my own design agency, uh, worked with a lot of fintechs and a lot of startups um, throughout the period. Um, and this is what led me to be here today. Awesome. So what got you from Brazil to the U.S.? 
So my mom came here. She wanted to learn English. Uh, she was a missionary, and part of the the missionary, like she needed to uh, speak English. And part of the program, we were supposed to come here, stay here for three years, learn the language, and then continue with her mission. But obviously, <laughs> it's been twenty years now, and we're still here. Uh, and she yeah. married uh, an American citizen, and we just ended up staying in the country. Uh, and she keeps, she still does her mission, but. Uh, there is a, a part of the mission in Philadelphia, so that's where uh, yep. she goes and helps out from time to time. So uh, do you speak Portuguese or Spanish or English at home? Uh, so I'm married to a Russian. <laughs> 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 uh, so it's a little mix of everything in the house. But uh, with my mom, it's like a mix of English and Portuguese because I have a little brother that was born here. He understands Portuguese, but... He, his answer is always in English. And obviously my uh, stepdad, he only speaks English. So, but it's a mix. And then with the wife speaking Russian. So. Very good. So uh, how did you first uh, start getting into design? Yeah, so like, like I said, I, you know, 98, I was fascinated about Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Uh, and, but my mom, they were not so much fond of it because of monsters and <laughs> devils and so and whatnot. So I looked into the internet. Since I couldn't watch the shows on TV, I started looking into the internet. And it started out with my way of, uh, because again, it was dial-up. So you, you had to pay for every minute you were online. So I started like copying a lot of the information that I was grabbing it and saving it. And in a way to put it like a nice way for me to come back to it and learn a lot of those things. So I started building my website so I can go and look on it. Mostly local, uh, it was never like published on, at least at the time, but it, it was on my local machine. It was just an HTML file that I could go and, you know, with the links and I'll be able to hear my videos, hear the, the stories, hear the, the pictures of all the Pokemons. Here's where my games are. Uh, I used to use emulators. So I use that in a form of like architecture and putting all of my things in one place that I could go and easily access. But then I started showing to other people and friends, they were like, oh, I want to see that too. So then I started finding ways to, how can I put this online? So I used a lot of uh, GeoCities, uh, some of those old web hosters that will give you like free uh, web host as long as you put <laughs> tons of ads around it. <laughs> uh, and, and I started building things. At first, I never thought people would pay for websites because I'm like, the internet is free. Why would people pay for this? And I never looked at it as a career. But as I started growing up, uh, I build a website for my for the church. I build a website for my school, and then people started coming to me. Hey, can you build a website for my business? I'll pay you for it. I'm like, you're gonna pay me for this? <laughs> I do this for free, <laughs> but okay, I'll take the money, you know. And then eventually, I started getting a lot of requests. Then I learned how to use Flash, and it just it was a boom. I started getting so many requests that I'm like, maybe I should turn this into a business. So I went and you know started building things and opened my business, then eventually got some uh, investors that wanted me to bring uh, to have an office in New York. And, you know, they were kind of like an incubator. So I would serve the other accounts on that were part of the incubators, giving them like a good discount. And at the same time, getting my office space for free in New York City. So with that, I had to get incorporated and build a legitimate business and started. And I had that for since 2008, I'll say 2008, 2009, all the way to 2015. 
And that's also where I feel like I build the core of who I am because of, you know, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do design. I wanted to do video. I wanted to do yeah. everything related to, you know, uh, design. I wanted to be a part of. Um, so so, that's so what before I we get into how you found your way to um, City, so you, you were sharing with me uh, previously how you uh, found your way to, to your first computer. Um, I'd I, love for our audience to, to, to hear uh, that story. Yeah, so I had a computer in Brazil. Well, not mine, it was my grandfather's and I used to sneak at night to use it because let's remember, computer is not a toy, it's not for kids. So I was not allowed to use the computer. But when we moved here, my mom didn't have a computer or could even afford one. And I was, you know, I wanted my computer, I wanted to be able to design. So I started walking around uh, every first Wednesday of the month. It was trash day where people put their big trashes outside. And I started realizing a lot of people were putting computers outside. So I started going in and searching for, you know, looking at the RAM, like, hmm, this RAM is compatible with this one. This one looks like I have a, a hard, hard drive. I remember grabbing three big towers at home and my mom, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to get myself a computer. So I took them apart. I built my, not build, like I just, you know, taking the RAM from one, the hard drive from the other. And um, I also had, I found an old monitor that I actually spray painted to make it look nice. And so with that, I, you know, had the computer, working computer, and I went to the local newspaper and I, you know, offer them some design service, you know, design some of the ads or anything that I could help. Um, and I took, they took the job, but then at the time I didn't have a social security. So they were not legally allowed to pay me. At least that's what they told me. So I looked around, I'm like, you guys are not using that computer. Can I just take that one as a form of payment? They're like, oh, sure, <laughs> go ahead. And now I had an even better computer that could uh, even install Flash on it. So I could do even more stuff. So that was pretty exciting. <laughs> and that's, uh, that, that's awesome. That, that, that talks to your creativity, your uh, resiliency, and, uh, and just asking the question, right? Um, who, who knows? They could always say no, but uh, in this case, they said yes, and you found your way to a computer that uh, afforded you the opportunity to leverage Flash and more advanced capability. So yeah. fun! And it was fun because around the same time, on um, you know, we had just recently moved to to Jersey. Uh, we were living upstate New York, and. I joined high school. Uh, we got in a little bit late just because of the, the whole transferring. And I was put into a class that was mostly juniors and seniors. So I was picked on. I was a freshman. I hated that class from the bottom of my heart. I wanted to, I went to my goddess council so many times, take me out of this class, please. And she would tell me, I have no place to put you. Everything's full. There is no other place. Even the teacher went two times, talked to the guidance counselor to remove me out of his class to eventually she sat both of us down. Like, there is nothing I can do about this. You guys just need to work this out. And he was on his last, Mr. Odito, he was on his last uh, year uh, about to retire. And me as a freshman, a class full of junior seniors. That class turned out to be graphic arts. <laughs> so that teacher showed me Photoshop, which was life-changing for me like now like 
you can do all this. And because before I was using paint to the design <laughs> and, uh, you know, very, very low uh, things on, on, you know, that you couldn't really do much. So now uh, he introduced me to Photoshop and we became like best friends. Like it was my favorite <laughs> class after that. And to a point that he actually asked me to take the class, uh, the level two on the following year. And he stayed in the school. He didn't retire. He stayed another year just to see me growing. And his class, one of the reasons why I was put on his class is because his class was always the one that almost no one wanted to sign up for. And because of the stuff that I did, and again, this was like when MySpace started becoming a thing. Yeah. And I was doing like, really, <laughs> when I look at it now, it's pretty bad design. But like I was putting myself like a little a little me on top of my shoulder. And the kids were like, what? How can you do this? And I had a digital camera on the school that I could use. So the next year, his class was the number one class with the, with the most signups because uh -huh. he was taking all the cool things that I was doing on Photoshop and showing to the kids. So the next year, everyone wanted to join that class to do some cool, uh, some cool Photoshop yeah. to put on their MySpace. <laughs> Fantastic. So fun. Um, so, uh, and having those mentors early on in life, having somebody that can impact you in such a positive way. So, uh, so fun. Um, so uh, tell me uh, a little bit about then how uh, you started your career and then found your way to City. Yeah, uh, so City has a funny, <laughs> no, Anyways, I'll go into the story. So after, you know, having my own business, I actually had to carry that business for almost two years on the red because I'm a designer. I'm not a business owner. <laughs> so I made a lot of really, really bad choices. And with that whole compassion and people, oh, I really need the website. Okay, I'll make it work. So not charging fair prices. I was charging, at least not fair for me because I was charging them very low and not counting for the expenses of having a business in New York. Having an office is just the first part, you gotta pay taxes, you gotta you got come for everything. Anyways, so I carried the business on the red for almost two years, which put me into a lot of debt. Then I got an offer for a job here in Texas. And after moving here for that job, not knowing anyone, I decided to start making friends. I went to play soccer. Again, I'm a designer, I'm not an athlete. <laughs> I <laughs> tore my Achilles, I could not walk. And I hear that's I, painful, by the way. Yeah, it was. And especially because I was so broke, I walked oh. around with a torn Achilles for a whole month before walking to the ER. Oh, jeez. I was walking around with like some Advils, just like popping them like skittles because of the pain and just literally dragging my foot around until like after a month, I'm like, I cannot, I need to do something. And the little money that I had, I used. Um, yep. to go to the ER because the company that hired me, they didn't put me as an employee. They put me as a contractor with no health insurance and the company went bankrupt after two months. So I was unemployed and with the torn Achilles. Oh. And Texas turned out to be to have some of the trees that I'm the most allergic to. <laughs> so I was breaking down in hives and just a really, really bad experience. And when things started getting a little bit better, I, cause I, I started doing like some, uh, I, I called some of my old clients. So I started doing some freelance work and uh, contacting some agency, doing a lot of freelance and just putting my head above the water. 
I <laughs> I flooded my apartment <laughs> and which put me pretty much homeless for eight weeks. <laughs> and the the apartment complex that I was in was nice enough to uh, they told me I could use their storage uh, to put my stuff while like getting the apartment fixed. Someone broke into the storage and stole my stuff, <laughs> oh. including social security, <laughs> credit cards, everything. And in the mix of all this and literally having no money, no place to go in kind of like in a pity move almost, they were like, we can let put you in this hotel for, for the weekend. But again, I was going to be homeless for eight weeks and still paying rent. <laughs> With no credit card because someone stole my credit card. <laughs> Where do you take money out of it? Anyways. The rock bottom. Yeah, pretty much. And so, but I was in the hotel, it was the A-loft. I was in love with the experience of the hotel. Like I was able to, I'm always losing my hotel card keys and this place I could open the, the door with my Apple watch, you know, I, and just the whole experience, I really, I really enjoyed it. So I decided to like, who's the designer behind this? And I came across the name Stephen Gates. And I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Six months later, I come across like a Adobe Max and he's doing a speech about personal branding. And that literally changed my life because so because I never I ended up never going to college uh, because of the whole uh, immigration process. I didn't have a social until much later. So I tried to go into many college. I never went to college. So because of that, I thought I was never going to be able to, you know, go to college or get a really good school because I, I didn't have a degree. Yeah. And second, the whole idea of design that I had was something that I, I always think back when I started that I was designing and coding and doing everything on my own. And I thought the industry is still the same. You want to do a website, you got to design, you got to code, you got to do everything on yourself. But the internet now, it's so much larger. I'm like, I cannot do this. So I was looked at myself as like this bottom, like nobody that cannot do anything. And when I watch his podcast and then, and because I watched the Adobe Max and then I started watching his podcast and it just like, wait, so you can just do the design. You don't need to do the code, the back code. Like, cause yeah. I was learning PHP. I was doing like <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. This is something I was not expecting. And then I just started just changing my brain. And then I found out he worked at city and city was hiring. So I apply and I was lucky enough to get the job. And on my first day, he quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mentioned Stephen Gates and the Stephen Gates podcast uh, earlier. I did some, uh, some listening and I'm going to continue to listen to Stephen Gates. Um, uh, fascinating and, and brilliant discussion. I love his statement, exist loudly. Um, it, it really, uh, embodies that idea that you're living life to its fullest. And, uh, and so far I, I, I can hear that from you. So, uh, that was a major impact on your life. Yeah. Very cool. Cause it, it made me comfortable of who I am, you know, like all the things, the fact that I never went to school, the fact that I, I didn't look at myself as a good designer because I was not the best designer because I was looking at things like I would look at an Apple website. I thought that was just one person doing everything. 
And I'm like, I cannot do that. I don't know. I don't even know how to code this. So I never thought myself as being good enough. And I never liked print. I I always struggle with print design because I never liked Illustrator. I love Photoshop because that was how I started. And I always loved Photoshop. And every time I had to do print, I had to go on Illustrator. And I struggle with Illustrator. So I always looked at, I thought I would never be able to get, like, I, I, was, I was, all the jobs that I was applying to was all production work because I never thought I would be good enough that I, I don't have a degree. How can I say I'm good? I don't have a degree. And that was always in my mind. And even on interviews, I would be scared of that. Like, what if they ask which college I went to? Oh, you know, like, and it turns out that might be one of my greatest assets, you know, because I don't always think the way most people are taught, you know, and yeah. one of the ways it's this compassion, being able to, I feel like I'm able to truly put myself in the user. So whatever I'm doing, like even this, when I started working at City, I moved all my banking to City. So I want to see the pains that our users go through, not just theoretically speaking, but actually feeling them myself. You know, there were many times I'm like, I want to move. I want to go to Chase because I'm comfortable. That's what I had. But no, if this is what I is going through, I need to understand this and I need to be able to help, you know, because it's not in being truly passionate about the brand that I'm representing and the work that I'm doing. And that was always my way uh, at City and pretty much every other place that I worked. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you built um, features such as RTP that increased customer satisfaction, drove revenue. Um, uh, maybe talk, uh, and you also uh, have spoken previously about the technical constraints and uh, uh, of a bank. Um, uh, can you give us a little more insight maybe into how you bring great design to a bank? So one little thing that I uh, wanted to add to, it's the, the company that brought me here to Texas, they were a startup and they were also kind of like a FinTech. They were trying, uh, it was Chow and they had a, a mobile app called Chow Wallet, which mm -hmm. was, they were trying to, what they were saying like bank, the unbank. So it was just the idea of, especially like going to places like, uh, like in Brazil, banks yeah. have an idea that it's, you don't want to mess with them. You know, it's not a place you want to go. There is always lines. You know, it's not safe. They are going to try to rob you. And that's all the idea. They always looked at it as almost like the enemy, you know, the one stealing your money. And being able to change that mentality, being upfront and clear, uh, a lot of times the legal terms that banks try to put to explain to the youth, they, uh, they have to put those things. And I know the intent is to help. But a lot of times, the terminology, it's like, you need a college degree <laughs> to understand this. You need to be like a, an English or a math major to actually just understand what are you trying to say? You're going to think someone that don't even have high school are going to understand and trust you with this when you have three pages of text that they cannot read and they have to agree. That's going to push people away. So try to be upfront and clear of what you're trying to do on and that was some of the things that I've done at, at City with the uh, notification inbox. Uh, we were looking at some of the notifications and it was just, it was so convoluted. It's so ambiguous what they were trying to say. Like, okay, how can we reduce this to make sure that it's no more 
than this amount of characters because people don't want to be reading dear blah, 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 blah. Your account is past due. Just say the account is past due. It's clear. You know, if they really want to get more information, let them click and go through and read the legal, but be direct and informative because this is a notification. You should not take that much cognitive ability to read, look at this and understand it. And how can we help them? What are the most, uh, thing, the next thing that they would usually do after this? Can we support them having the CTAs or the call to action that they need? Usually, even though it may not be related, but if the data shows that this is what they do, let's serve them with this. Why guide them through like a whole path if that's what they're going to end up? Let's already serve them with that. And yeah. it just, those are the, you know, I, I hear the, the, the compassion in it, the um, uh, concern for the challenges of others. I, I, I hear the, the desire to simplify, to be direct. Um, uh, we tend to think that, uh, so you have a customer and all, all too often you think about your internal customer versus the customer of your customer. I heard that in the, the, the discussion, all uh, very important yes. points. Absolutely. So uh, you had the opportunity to lead creative teams as well within City. Um, how did you build high-performing creative teams? So um, in the beginning of the year, awesome year, right? 2020. Um, my manager who I, uh, I had two of my managers actually leave to a, another job, but this one specifically uh, left us in a place where, because I've always, I, I've managed before and now I think I failed both times when I had my own business uh, and I failed as a manager. Um, but then this time I, I didn't want to, uh, but I kind of had to you know, was mm-hmm. put into that lead position on um, with a whole new team uh, that just had their uh, manager who was in the bank for over 13 years leaving to a competitor. Uh, and that just gives a lot of message and the team was broken. And so just felt like it was important for the whole team to be involved as and feel like a team. So even when they brought in uh, a new person, um, I mentioned to him, like, hey, on um, this team is broken. So trying to just come and changing everything will probably not work. We need to win these people again, you know, make them feel, they felt like a family before, but this family now it's completely broken. So we need to bring the aspect first and then the work will, will follow. And it's true. Like it's about the trust. Uh, Steve Gates say, says a lot of this. Uh, there are two types of trust. Uh, you know, the first is trust, trust that someone's going to do the work. And then the other one that you know they're going to have their back. When you have both, that's the only time you can truly have great design, great work. Uh, when the teams trust. And one is earned, the other one is built. It takes time. It's investing time. It's one-on-ones. I had a lot of one uh, with the other designers on my team. I had uh, many one-on-ones with them where I try to focus more on kind of like on the personal side of things. Uh, I remember one of them like, okay, Gustavo, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Why are you asking those things? And just going through things such as like 
watching horror movies because that was something that they enjoyed, which I hate horror movies, you know, but just showing that I care, like, hey, I watched the movie you recommended and I felt I like this, this and that. Uh, I didn't like the fact that he mentioned it, it looked like the, the office. I'm like, <laughs> that's not a good sign. <laughs> there was a lot of killing on that show. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. but I felt like that's the pain that he was feeling. So being able to, uh, you know, because for that, I had to get out of my comfort zone just to, you know, bring him in. And then eventually I saw a huge change on, you know, on him, on some, some people had to be moved because the damage was so much that staying on the team would just not work. So, but I saw the new people that came in, they were like, if something went wrong, like someone was going through a hard time, the team will always get together. Hey, let's send them flowers. Let's send them this. And that yeah. was something that I was really, uh, I didn't do it alone was the whole team. And um, also my manager at the time he stepped in and, played a big role on making that happen. Uh, and when I was searching for a new job, it, I was, you know, when you search, like, yeah, I want to leave this place and whatever. But honestly, when I put in my two weeks, like I was trying to hold that two weeks for as long as I could, because I really didn't want to leave the team because I, they felt like family, you know, that was part of my day to day. And, yep. you know, and I still <clears throat> keep in contact with uh, some of them. Absolutely. So uh, I, I loved uh, that you went to a, a Stephen Gates uh, comment that really ended up influencing your direction when it came to managing people, trusting that they do the work and trusting that they have your back and that based on that, you um, helped build these high performing teams. Um, I think especially as you begin to hit challenging situations um, where you're extending beyond your comfort zone, having that, that trust that you're going to dig in there, be resilient, figure things out, um, uh, be studied, go learn a few new things, and, uh, and then um, that uh, you you aren't always going to be perfect, so having having your back, have somebody having your back is uh, is a key part of it. All great stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, as you look to design in the the, the future, um, uh, can you talk about some trends you're seeing? Yeah. So <laughs> let's start with the bad <laughs> that I hope it ends soon. Um, there is the, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot the name of the, can't believe I forgot the name, uh, Dribble. Um, there is a tendency for uh, a lot of designers, just like it's the Dribble. Like they, they make sure, like they just, not they make sure, they just focusing on the UI. Oh, look how cool this is, this animation, this transition, this, look how clean this design is. And and I feel like this is also part of, um, because, um, you know, because I've done, I feel like I was digital or UX my whole life. And as, at a certain times I had to move into print just because I needed to make money because I wasn't making money on UX. And then now it changed the money's in UX. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot of people, especially from print coming and enjoying, like a lot of graphic designers on, uh, you know, using that experience in graphic design to say that does experience in UX design. And 
they're not really the same. And in print, you're very focused on the final result. You know, like you print something, that's the way it's going to stand. It's not going to change. Uh, UX, it's fluid. It's always moving. You know, things change. If you were building something, you know, in 1997, it was okay for you to have flash. Uh, not, not, like 2007, it was okay to have flash. Build something with flash, it's not going to work. The form, the, the websites, uh, I mean, the mobile phones, you know, the screens are getting larger. So there are things that change. And so UX is fluid and print, it's very steady. And they, because they're focused so much on the dribble, making sure, like the, the look, the cool effect, I feel like we're losing a lot of UX. I've seen even apps that I use from the day, I seem like, yeah, this is beautiful, but not intuitive <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? When, when you can get beautiful and from my perspective, tell a story through that, that beauty, it, uh, it, it really comes together. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's like the cherry on the top. Uh, I feel like, but if you build a cake out of cherries, eh, it's not going to be a good cake. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it needs to be a good balance, you know, and, I see a lot of times, you know, it's this beautiful home screen, you know, with the beautiful animation and everything is just inside of that drawer. <laughs> we know architecture is just a bunch of stuff there. Like, oh, yeah, they can just go on the menu. They can just go on the menu because I want to have this clean design, you know, and they experience things to suffer. And I've seen this or even accessibility because, you know, they want to put this beautiful picture with the nice title on top. Now people with accessibility issue, don't see the text because there is not enough contrast with the image that you have on the background, or you didn't take account, you designed a beautiful for the iPhone, but Android users, you know, has might have like a smaller screen and things might get pushed and it's, it's just not the best experience. And I feel like I see a lot of designers doing, you know, focusing on the UI, focusing on how it looks instead of focusing on the best user experience and, you know, that's the bad trend <laughs> that yeah. I see. Um, yeah. yeah, well, um, you'll continue to have the opportunity to uh, affect it in a positive way to bring that compassion, um, the customer back into the fold to make sure you really express what it is you're, you're looking to do in that simple and direct way that you mentioned. Um, Gustavo, it has been an absolute pleasure. I so appreciate you sharing your passion with us today. Um, I'm going to take these insights in the coming weeks and months and, uh, and certainly apply them. Um, and uh, for all the listeners out there, please keep moving those concepts to product. Thanks so much, Gustavo. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time and for everyone listening, taking it, uh, you know, copy Steve Gates a little bit again. You know, time is the only luxury we have and truly appreciate uh, you, Tom, and uh, for everyone listening, taking the time and listening to me, uh, you know, and hopefully I was able to help. And, you know, the one thing that I want to be able to get out of it is uh, there is always a different way of getting there. Uh, my life was my journey has nothing but completely curves and curveballs and really messed up situation. But I was able to not the common way, but I feel like, you know, I'm still able to uh, be passionate about and do what I love. Like I would, I would not do anything else besides what I'm doing right now. And I'm really happy. It's, it's starting to pay off a little bit. <laughs> 
Thank you. It's a great reminder as we come into 2021. Stay resilient, everyone. Thank you so much, Gustavo. Thank you. Y'all have a good one.